I don't think Pierre was expecting us to see his face again before he got <laughs> off. Let me close my laptop. <laughs> uh, busted. <laughs> it's a lot easier to write that shit when nobody sees your face, eh, bud? <laughs> Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Unsportsmanlike Convo. It is January 11th, 2022, and we are back on the air. With me, as always, is my co-host, PepTalk32 is his Twitter handle. He goes by P-Dog, or Pierre, if you're a good friend. <laughs> P-Dog is with us. How you doing? I just realized that I'm a little bit rusty on your... Uh, Intro song. Is this your oh, intro song? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Got yellow for the Steelers. There. I got it on here. P-Dog in the house! Wearing all of his all of his Pittsburgh gear. Oh. Uh, first got on, he had a helmet on. It, everything was there. He was really... It hurt. The helmet hurt? <laughs> it's an old Riddell. And the padding is not so good. I can't imagine. I mean, oh, it's a replica for, I'm sure it's not meant for uh, for use. But if that padding is like any kind of anything compared to what they wore, I mean, geez, ouch. Well, some of those old Steelers probably use that. And uh, the medical history does not favor them. Hey, speaking of old Steelers, HBO is releasing a, uh, I think it's called Terry Bradshaw Going Deep. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be, there's a lot. Terry Bradshaw's career was like mired in controversy, right? Like they, he was drafted from a small school. They thought he was stupid. Yeah, <laughs> that's the name of the. You should have given me know, the heads up on that one. He used to, he was the original letter rip there. You just go deep. But uh, anyway, so I'm looking forward to seeing that if you're a Steelers fan. I know we have some Steelers fans on our page. Surprisingly, a couple of people who I never even knew. So um, it's going to be awesome. It's apparently all this footage that's never been seen before. I'm not really sure. I mean, I think I've seen everything related to the 70s Steelers. So I'm looking forward to seeing if there's something in there that I've never seen before. So it should be cool. That'll be all right. What's it on? What's it going to be on? HBO, HBO, I think, or HBO Plus. There's one of the, one or those two, I think. So. All right. Well, I'll check it out. I have not seen all of the Steelers stuff. Do I feel this like seeing Terry Bradshaw go deep? No, but I will watch it. Um, yeah. Again, I'm still waiting for the uh, the 08 Florida Gator 30 for 30, which I heard <laughs> is actually in motion. They've interviewed a few people. Um, I think Chris Leak is one of them. I think. Um, Did he play in the CFL? Yeah, I played play with the, the Owls for a bit. Real smart okay. guy too. I talked with. Uh, well, that was after I was done with them, but I talked to guys like Brian Chu and stuff, and uh, yeah. uh, who dealt with Chris. And I and I wondered. I asked, you know, because I'm a big Florida fan, and he said, "No, he's 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 really bright. He's in coaching now and stuff. So he's again putting his mind to better use." Did he Bears? Did he get a sniff at the uh, NFL? It would have been a sniff at best. Um, I can't actually recall if he even had that because he went to the CFL fairly quick. But, I mean, you're a national championship quarterback. You know, you're a smart guy. You can make reads and stuff. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he did get a bit of a a look anyway, some sort of 
Um, okay, uh, I know you have sort of the show and what we're going to be doing. Yeah. I wanted to shout out a couple things. So I want to shout out somebody too. So you go ahead first. Mm. You go ahead first. No. no, you go ahead first. All right. Well, the first one is that school is back in session on Monday. So my kids are going back to school in school learning as of Monday. So that was one thing I was happy about. Crank the horn for that, bro. Well, yeah, I'll crank it. It's not. <clears throat> Hopefully it sticks and we get them out of there. Uh, when I say out of there, out of the house, this online learning, I'm not a big fan of. Anyway, that is minuscule to the news that I got today, this afternoon. I got the best text message I have received, I think, almost uh. ever. And that is that friend of the show, kid I coach, kid I love, Arthur Hamlin, Colgate football player, is in remission. Yep. <laughs> so for those who don't know, uh, Arthur, again, really close with Arthur. He's at Colgate, was off for the last year and a bit. Um, fighting um, Hodgkin's, Hodgkin's lymphoma. lymphoma. Um, and I just got the text message from his father and from him today that he is in full remission. Uh, he does have to do some, uh, some continual testing and monitoring, but he is headed back down to Colgate University in Hamilton, New York, the beautiful campus to get. And he's excited for morning 6 a.m. runs with the team. He is jacked up for it. It's been over a year that he has not been able to participate with the team, so he is dying to get back with his his teammates, his brothers, his coaches, all that kind of stuff. And I am honestly, I got kind of goosebumps. I'm I'm so pumped for the kid, and uh, I'm proud of what he's he's fought through. And I'm really happy that the news is is as wonderful as it, as uh, I got this afternoon. And uh, Colgate should uh, should be pretty happy to have him back. Hey, listen, I hired Arthur. In September, September 8th was his first day with me, and uh, his his shift was not an easy one. He was 6 in the morning every day, and he never missed a day. The only time he ever missed a day was when he had scheduled treatments, and uh, I knew well, yep. in, well in advance. Like, it wasn't like, a, hey, I got a treatment. It, like, it was, it was planned. He didn't miss a day. So he showed up, and again, our gym's in a hospital. So, and it was 6 in the morning. He was there at 5.55 uh, at the latest, always early, always ready by far the best person I've ever hired. And uh, so I got the same text. That's, that was who I was going to shout out to. Nice. And, uh, obviously, we're going to lose him, which is going to be a big void, but we'll, uh, we'll get together and figure it out. But uh, it's yep. not a big deal. There may be the news. You know, summers when he comes back, and maybe he, he will work at a gym instead of working at Bearfax and the Bulldog like I did on summers. <laughs> you know, maybe he's got better aspirations well. than that. But you talk about him being on time. You talk about the quality individual that he is and, like, the dedication and the respect, hard all that work. kind of stuff, and the, the hard work. That's why he's a D1 athlete. That's why mm. he's there. So if any kids are watching, everything translates. If you can't show up for a job at 6 a.m., if you can't commit, if you can't put the effort in, if you can't communicate with your coach or your boss or whoever, you know, mm. it's just not going to be for you. So mm. this is all things that transcend who he is and how he works as a person. And that's, that's what's instilled in him. And that's why he's a, a D1 athlete, a successful D1 athlete, a successful scholar, athlete. And, uh, again, I, I'm pumped. I just hope that these borders mm. open up. 
Um, a little bit more. I think they went back to being a strict. Anyway, I plan on being at Colgate this year, 100%. However it happens to be, I'll fly down to Syracuse if I have to. Um, I think I'll make that trip with you. Yeah, we're going down. There's going to be multiple uh, road trips down there to watch him. And, uh, yeah, again, I have my own extended family at Colgate. Another excuse to go down, but uh, it just compounds it when Arthur's uh, Arthur's around. So, no, anyway. And, like, if you think about it, at any sport, any uh, high school, collegiate, university sport, you're going to get to a point, whether you, whether you dominate in high school and college, you're going to get to a point where you reach a level where there's other guys who are as good as you. So what's going to differentiate you from that next guy is going to be, you know, your respect for the coaches, your work ethic, and that those next level uh, tangibles. And that's him. Like, you know, may, I'm, there may be another Arthur Hamlin in terms of skill and height and size and all that, but you can't you can't um, measure his heart and his hard work like it's that puts him to another level. So if I have an if I have a message for any youth athletes, it's like you're going to get to a point where there are other people as good as you are, and what's going to separate you from them is going to be all the other intangibles, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. So yeah, the fine the finer techniques, the work ethic, all that stuff is what separates the respect. All that stuff. Yeah. Res- respecting your coaches, all that. Man, that guy is, this guy is like the most respectful employee I've ever had. It's pretty, pretty great. Anyway, moving, it's a good, this is a good segue because we want to start off with your favorite sport. And they had their biggest game of the season yesterday, a game that I kind of tuned in and out um, just because I was watching other stuff. But um, let's talk about it. Let's cue up the music. I'm sure you've got the music queued up. Just, just, just roll it. Just I don't need it. to. We got our it's, producer Mike is back. I should bring him on the screen so he could say, "Hey, it's 2022." Is he, back there? he is back there. Now he's up front. Now he wasn't expecting this. Mikey, welcome to 2022. Fact checker Curtis was in a second ago. Just got bounced out. It's it's nice to have you back. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. That being said, always uh, glad to help out. Go to the back and put the suit, the music on. Which music? NCAA. Right on. College. A little rusty. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> little, little rusty. That's, That's all right. Buddy. He was he was chatting with us in the comments section and then like putting comments in the private. Hey, it is what it is, Mikey. The fact that we are not uh, glitchy right now and stuff is perfect. This is a good Excellent. omen for 2022. Yes. Speaking of a great start to 2022. <laughs> Down goes. Alabama. Special shout out to Christian Couture, one of our longtime listeners, big supporters. Love the guy. Big Alabama fan. Roll tide, left, right, and center. Georgia came out last night, and I am not gonna say dominated Alabama. I'm not. The <clears throat> the it was a slow start. You saw it. It was a slow start. It was, you know, nine six for the longest time in the first half. No touchdowns, no real big fireworks. But I tell you, if you're watching those trenches, the offense and defensive line and the battles that they're going through, those are some extreme heavy hitters in there. And even Mm -hmm. the gameplay, that left tackle for Georgia, 69, his name's like Saul Year or something. 
first series, they run twice. He doesn't quite get the block. He doesn't quite get the thing. And I'm like, he's going to get exposed. By the next series, he's boom. He's inside at right guard. They bounce the right guard back out to left tackle. Left tackle's 59. His feet are better. 69 is a big lad, and he's trucking people. Like, he is a bulldozer inside. I don't even know why they had him at left tackle to start with. But later in that game, you can see him. He's manhandling some of these guys. But we're talking, like, these are guys that you're a Steeler fan. You're Steelers. We'll get to the NFL. Squeaked out, a win, all that kind of stuff. They need to build some pieces back up. This is the game where you go and you shop. You say, who and how many of these guys can we get onto my Pittsburgh Steelers team? And that starts, again, O-line, D-line, the linebacking core. (laughs) Anyway, Georgia and Alabama put up a – not one for the ages, but it was extremely competitive. It was tight. It was very strategic. You know, we're talking Kirby Smart is one of Nick Saban's protégés, has never beat him 0-4, um, you know, and he has an opportunity to uh, to beat him in a national championship. Alabama was without some key weapons. So, you know, when Mechie uh, got his knee hurt in the SEC championship game, Mechie's a Canadian Mm-hmm. Um, receiver, one of their top receivers with, uh, with Williams, number one. Williams goes down after a long grab, mm-hmm. goes down awkwardly on his knee and is out for the rest of the game. Those are your two best receivers are down. Alabama still put up a really good fight. Realistically, they put up a good fight. They got a Heisman Trophy winner. Did I think he was Heisman-worthy? He's got good numbers and stuff like that, but honestly, I think it was kind of like a down year. Nobody else really stepped up, in my opinion, mm-hmm. where it was a clear front runner. Like he was never, he was only a clear front runner because he was on Alabama and they were winning, but otherwise, you know, I just didn't feel like he was that guy. Anyway, that's my opinion and my opinion only, but I feel like he was rattled a little bit. I feel like some of the throws were off. He didn't have his normal receivers. I also think that he put the ball in the hands of some of the backup receivers and they didn't make catches. So there was, you know, that, that back and forth. But then Georgia, Stetson Bennett, a walk-on. The quarterback for Georgia was a walk-on at Georgia. And now he's a national champion starting quarterback for the best team in the country. So, again, kudos to this guy. Great story. You know, in the third quarter, he, caught, he had a fumble. And actually, at this point, drove me a little bit nuts because there was a, an intentional grounding or no, there was a, a fumble early by Bryce Young that was called a, a forward pass, incomplete pass. But at the time, I remember thinking, I'm like, well, it should be grounding then because he's throwing it in the ground is what it is. So there should be intentional grounding. It's not called. So I say, oh, well, maybe it's because they hit whatever. Stetson Bennett does the same thing. And the ref says on the microphone that the thing says it's uh, on the field. It's ruled a fumble and a recovery by Alabama. Mm. which was hard to see until he went slow motion, and you're like, oh, the guy actually did recover it. He says, or it's an incomplete pass and intentional grounding. Like, he's already saying what the penalty is, and I was like, well, that's <laughs> wrong because you're now you're saying it's going to be intentional grounding for Georgia, but not Alabama. Anyway, all this back and forth. It was ruled a fumble, recovered by Alabama at the 15. They go in for their first touchdown and take the lead at that point, and you kind of think, you know, Georgia hasn't been doing a lot on offense enough to really like think they're back in the game and Stetson Bennett took them on that drive the very next drive and led them to a touchdown 
There was an offside call. He threw it up. The receiver made a great play, but the ball was put perfectly, and they scored. They got back into it, and then from there, Georgia just rolled. And is Stetson Bennett the offensive player of the game? Yes, he was awarded it. I thought uh, number three, their running back, I think it's White. Um, oh, he for, had some uh, runs. Oh, yeah, runs yeah, hard, White. Eh? Very hard. Although, yeah. like you said, you, you made a comment to me about – Guys going down with like a just being touched, he was going down too soon. And White was one of those guys who was doing that. He would get bumped, and all of a sudden he's on the ground. Second half, he must have checked your tweet or checked our messages or something <laughs> like that because he started to run through guys. Good, and that was really what kind of changed the tide. Anyway, yada yada. Georgia played awesome. They won the national championship. Alabama will win the national championship next year. <laughs> I hate to say it. I absolutely hate to say it. But the fact that this game was this close with so many of those weapons not available and then add the fact that Bryce Young is a freshman, add the fact that they have so many guys coming back that are now a year older and, and uh, uh, have had and this hungry. kind of success, and now there's Saban's best coaching uh, job is when he can get his guys hungry after just winning the national championship. He doesn't have to do that this time. There's already a chip. We got embarrassed. We got what? Did you see his post game? Uh, no, I don't think I did. I really didn't stay good. up that late. Really good. The two young, guys, the two guys, White and uh, Williams, were about to get up. They were they were done their questioning, and he goes, "Boy, sit down." And he put his hand sort of by them, and he's like, uh, "I know these guys are taking this really personally, and they were taking it to heart, but we wouldn't be here without them." So it was a really good. Co- it was a good moment. It was a. Uh, you know, I like Saban because it's not about him. Saban's from that Belichick tree, right? That Cleveland Browns Belichick yep. tree. He, he's, uh, he knows how to coach. Love him or hate him, and I know his NFL stint wasn't the greatest with Miami, although he did have a couple good years there. But like, he's a good, co- great college coach. His players love him, and uh, I got nothing but respect for that guy. Honest to God. You ever see the conversations that they put with Belichick and Saban, and they they record them? But it's awesome. It's like. I just want the cameras off. I just want to say, you know what? Let's get these guys a drink. Let's just sit down, a whiteboard yeah. and a marker, and say, oh, man. let's just be a fly on the wall. It would be yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, shout out to Georgia. You know, again, they're Florida's SEC East rival, our biggest rev- rival. So it's tough to, like, cheer them on. But I'm tired of seeing Alabama. I'm not going to lie. Um, so it's, it's nice to see. It still stays within the SEC. You know, it's clear that the two best teams, I think college football in itself is going to have such a change of format yeah. or something. Something major is going to happen with college football. I don't know what mm. it is right now. I don't even know what the solution is. But everybody's talking about more playoffs, get more teams in the playoffs, get a winner for mm. each conference in the playoffs. Man, we're seeing teams at three and four get destroyed by one and two. It's just, mm. you know, do we have enough parity in those playoffs to make it worthwhile? Yeah, maybe the first round will be better. Three versus six and four versus five might be a tight, a, a tight game. But then ultimately it's going to be the winner of those against one and two. And if one and two are, Flor- are Georgia and Alabama, it will be Florida soon. It will be. Mm-hmm. It was a Freudian <laughs> slip. You know, are they actually at that, that stage? Plus you start bringing Texas and Oklahoma into SEC, it'll be an SEC you know, you have your power five, but you're going to have the SEC, and then you're going to have your power four, and then you're going to have the rest of them. So how are they going to split that up? I don't know. I, I want to see athletes get more money. I want to see the emphasis on, 
you know, still getting your degree and, and having something to, to, to work towards while having some living uh, money so you're not working a job at the same time as doing a full-time Division I uh, program and keeping up with your school. That's unfair. Mm-hmm. And especially at those those big schools where there's so much money being brought in, um, I, there's something has to be done, and I'm excited to see where it goes, um, whether or not I agree with it. But something's going to go, something's going to change, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm excited to see where that where where college football goes in the next two three years. Should be interesting. Anyway, that was my Super Bowl. Shout out to my kids and my wife for putting up with me. We had. Because of COVID and because of homeschooling, we've been having the kids sleep in our room. And we have a projector up to watch movies. So we've been mm. watching the Spider-Man. And last night, I, I was like, oh, there's a football game on, and I'm not, I'm not going to participate in this. And they're like, let's watch it early, and then we'll go into the bedroom and put the game on the big screen on the projector. And uh, yeah, they fell asleep by the second quarter or something. But I got to watch on the big screen, and they, they humored me at best. Anyway, uh. so... I appreciate that. Congratulations. I, and listen, it's great stuff. Uh, you know, that's the you're obviously a huge college football fan, and uh, you know, I'm just you huge these days. To, you know, enough enough. You watch enough of it to um, to for it to consume your your passion. It's great. Like it's all. It's that's. If everybody could have something like that where they could be passionate about in terms of sports, that's exactly why why sports are so good, you know. And I, for me, it's you know Raptors basketball and the Steelers and the other teams, some of the other colleges I follow, like Georgetown in terms of basketball. Like I live for this stuff, and I, I guess, no, I, I, you don't even have to have played a sport to fall in love with sport and a team and follow them, and it gives you a reason to, to, to. It's a passion. It's like a religion for me. Like some people go to church to. Uh, to to practice their faith for me it's sports it's and people don't get it and you know people will send me memes about stuff that are like sensitive stuff when it comes to pittsburgh and i i amuse them i I laugh haha funny but it bothers me like it actually gets it irks me um because i i grew up with them right i grew up i i learned i know all about the the steelers community and the family and the tradition in terms of the organization and uh like I do, do your research and you know, you fall, you kind of fall in love with everything. You know, when I went to Heinz field for the first time, I cried for the first quarter, like I was in tears. So I don't, and I, I don't expect people to understand that. Just like, I don't expect anybody to understand if you go to Florida and talk about your experience for them, not to understand the overwhelming, you know, exuberance when you walked into the, to the stadium, I'm sure you know it, you felt it. I understand it. Cause I felt it, but not everybody understands it. And that's cool. I just hope I would wish for everybody to have that kind of feeling. That's all I'm saying. I really find it. Uh, I don't know. There's something about being a, a fan of a team that's not in your city. <clears throat> and what I mean by that yeah. is like, yes, like, I, you know, I love orange and blue. So I'll wear orange and blue stuff. I'll wear Florida stuff around, whatever. And, and you know, some people will comment, some people won't, whatever, but I, I do it. And then when Ange took me down to my first Florida game against LSU, uh, when I was 30, like when we drove into Gainesville, now we're there Friday, you know, cause we're mm-hmm. staying over Friday night. So we're, and we're going to be right down there when the game starts to kick off. It was supposed to be an afternoon game, yada, yada. Uh, but we're going out, you know, we're grabbing what, our fast food somewhere and shopping somewhere else and whatever. But what I noticed is like everybody in Gainesville, like I'm talking, we go to like, I think it was the bank 
and the lady serving me, she's dressed nicely, but she's got like gator blue, like nice work <laughs> pants on her, her blouse or whatever you call it is, is orange. She's got this like beaded necklace that's blue. Like everything yep. is orange and blue. And it's just like, it, you, you feel like you just got home. You know what I mean? You're like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I fit in here where, you know, when you're outside, it's different. So it's almost like um, when you actually get there, it's just, it's a different feeling as opposed to, you know, if you're wearing Sens gear all over the place, everybody's got Sens gear and you're kind of in it, which is nice. But at the same time, it's, uh, I don't know, I don't know. It just kind of hits you differently. You get desensitized a little bit, you know, you sort of fall in the crowd and yeah, it's, I I totally get it, and I like I, you know, when I walked into Pittsburgh, <clears throat> driving through the city, I'm like, I need to live here one day. I need to find a job in fitness and live here. And that's just, and again, like I say, you know, I'd be if uh, if you aren't a sports fan and you want to just follow a team and just find a team that fits your fits your personality. And believe it or not, there are teams that are fit different people's personality, and, and there are quizzes. The There's sports, quizzes man. out there that people design for. I don't even know yeah. if it has any merit, but actually, you talk about a team. You know, I know we're going to change subject in a second, but you were deciding on the Pittsburgh Panthers as being a team that you wanted to follow. Now, you did text me multiple times throughout the year saying you found your team and then switched it. That, that <laughs> Pittsburgh game in the Bulls, you're like, oh, Pittsburgh. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, they play Michigan State, which was also one of your teams. So have you come up with one yet? And if so, you know which one I is might, it? I might need another year. I might need another year of college seasoning to uh, – just to pick the right team. This is this is a big deal for me to just hop on a bandwagon because once I'm on, I'm on. There's no jumping off, especially with this. So I might need a little bit more time. I, I thought I I thought I'd be able to come up with one at this point, but nope, not yet. You know and what? It's going to be harder for yeah. you. Honestly, yeah. it's going to be a little bit harder because you know we talk about college football changing and the landscape changing, the payments yeah. and NILs and stuff. That aside, that I I I like. I think the kids need to get some money again when they get it is different. It's the free-for-all transfer portal that drives yeah. me nuts. And that's where I have the issues because, you know, it's right, right now you're kind of – what do you base it on? Uniforms, which you love anyway, so maybe. <laughs> but yeah. head coaches, head coaches change often enough. Players, you know, do you have enough time to fall in love with a, a group of players for three or four years? Generally speaking, they're going to be on there for a year and then two years, and then yep. is that enough to really draw you in? It's really going to be yep. tough for you, to be honest. So uh, I'm, I'm sad about that fact with the transfer portal and that how many guys, you know, the commitment day, who cares now? Mm. Yeah. I'm going to need a little bit more time for I'm sure. uh, getting dry throat because I'm getting excited. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on. Before we talk about, well, the second half of the show will be dedicated to uh, what is now called Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, the NFL is wanting all of uh, the broadcast stations to refer to it as Super Wild Card Weekend because there's a third day, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, Monday night is just a stupid night for playoff football. Uh, I feel bad for Arizona and the Rams who are playing that Monday nighter, but. Uh, before we get into that, I just really, uh, you know, we have a we have an okay basketball audience on our show. Um, I'd say our show is primarily football and, and hockey, um, but I find our audience tends to jump on the Raptors bandwagon once playoffs approach. And of course, they missed the playoffs last year. But you know, we have an audience that tends to, oh, the Raptors are in the plus who they got first round. The next thing you know, the uh, the build up starts, and you know, when the, obviously that that 
Raptors run in 2019 seemed to gain some interest in basketball from people who may not have followed basketball. I will say this about the Raptors right now. They're 20 and 17. So they're three games above 500. They've won six games in a row. Fred Van Vliet, everyone's favorite point guard, who's taken over the leadership duties from uh, Kyle Lowry, which is big shoes to fill. He scored, I think he's like, I think he's on his sixth game scoring 30 points or more. Vote that guy. If you haven't voted for him for the All-Star game, go to NBA.com and vote him into the All-Star game. That is, like, do that right now. Um, yeah, he is playing lights-out basketball. He doesn't play that, you know, that uh, bulldog kind of defense that Lowry plays, taking all those charges, but he's um, he's he's now become the leader. Um, if you watch watch the Raptors, they play tonight, they play Phoenix tonight. It'll be a good test for them. Watch watch how he's quietly taken over the leadership role, and I think Pascal Siakam has gladly given that role up. <laughs> I think Siakam's flourished being that second guy. I don't you know I don't think he was ever that top guy. Yeah. But uh, twenty and seventeen, they're seventh in the East. But guess what? They're three games back of fourth place, and they're four games back of second place. So that's how close number two and number seven are in the Eastern Conference. It, it's crazy, and you know the Raptors are good. The Raptors are good. They're they're big. They're long. They can shoot the ball. They play defense. Uh, the NBA trade deadline's coming up. Um, I don't know if there's a Kawhi Leonard Leonard like player out there right now that the Raptors can make a pull the trigger for. But you know they've got some pieces. Like I don't know how in love they are with Bo- Chris Boucher. He's he's pretty skinny. Um, they've got their first round pick. They can deal. They've got Malachi Flynn who doesn't play a lot. And then they've got uh, Dragic, who they picked up from the Lowry deal. His contract's expiring, so teams like that, they you know, pick him up and then wave him, and it's off their books. We'll see. I, like, we'll see. It's, it's going to be really interesting. I, it, does Masai have the cojones to pull a trigger? I don't know, Like, because they're good. I might stick with them. I might stick with their roster and see where this goes. So watch the Raptors. Vote Fred Van Vliet. It, they're a fun team. You're going to love them. You're going to love Scotty Burns, who's not playing tonight. Swollen knee. But... Uh, yeah, I just get on the bandwagon, guys. Like, you know, we're lucky to have a team in Canada. Yeah, I mean, you know, you brought up a good point. Everybody seems to come on when it's when it's the playoffs. We're like that for 90% of what we're doing. So, you know, Blue Jay playoffs, Raptors playoffs, hockey playoffs, you know, even we'll get involved in hockey players playoffs for, for the most part. We're in football playoffs right now. So, but it's once a week. You know, so as we get closer mm-hmm. to uh, basketball playoffs, then, um, you know, you, you start to, to watch them. But, but tune in and, and take a peek at them. And, and, you know, the fans are there. Uh, actually, are the fans even allowed at the Raptors game no, right now? The, no. No. Since Ontario closed down, there's no fans. But they are playing at home. So they've got – there's some familiarity with just their surroundings outside of the building, I guess. But Yeah. Um, That's tough. Know, just, I like, find it really tough to watch sports with no fans. You know, I get it. It's it's still the product on the on the court, but I mm. even watched uh, whatever. I think I watched the Blues and Stars hockey game because it was in Dallas. It was packed. The crowd was really mm-hmm. wild, and the game was again kind of back and forth. And uh, so I actually watched an American hockey game, all American teams because the fans were there. It kind of got me a bit more excited. And mm. you know, the mic was there. You can kind of hear it. But then you would flip and you'd watch. You know, something in Canada, and there's nobody at the games. And that, that does take away from it. No doubt. And, like, we were going to talk a little bit about hockey tonight and, you know, how every Canadian team has now had up to five or six games postponed. I think Montreal has up to nine now. 
Ottawa's so, going to be playing like 28 games in a month or something ridiculous or whatever it is. It, I, like I've totally lost track of hockey and, uh, We'll talk about it a little bit maybe next week. I'll I'll do a little bit more research on what's going on with the Canadian teams and the postponements and how COVID's ravaging. I'll tell you what the NBA is doing really well that maybe the NHL should really consider. The NBA hasn't has had the same COVID issues, right? You got players out with COVID, and uh, but the NBA allows these ten day contracts. So you've seen all these veteran players out of nowhere who've been sitting on the on the bench for the last three four years sign ten day cron- contracts like uh, Lance Stevenson that. A crazy guy from Indiana. He's back with them for 10-day contract. You know, so the NBA has also the G League, which is a really good developmental league. I, I don't know where the G League compares to, like, the OHL or the QMJHL or, like, I don't know how the two differentiate, but, like, maybe the, you know, the G League has guys up, up of, like, 35 years old. So maybe there's more guys to pluck from. But, uh, you know, these guys come into the NBA. They sign 10-day contracts when a team goes down with COVID. And, the level of play doesn't drop that much. Whereas in the NHL, I mean, Montreal, I think one game they had maybe like five regulars and the rest were guys from the Laval or whatever. And they were awful. Like they, they were clearly not ready to play hockey at the, at the uh, national level. So like, is there something there for these other, these other sports to maybe consider developmental leagues in a more serious way so that they can prevent from this kind of stuff? I mean, age is an issue. Uh, OHL and, and the junior teams, they do have 19, 20-year-olds, so those guys are old enough to play and developed enough to play. Oftentimes, a lot of them are already owned by a certain team, so you say, okay, mm-hmm. maybe we call them up. But in hockey, like there is multiple levels, right? So you have your AHL first, which is a whole team right there that you can technically pluck from. Um, so that would kind of be your – it would be more of a trickle-down effect than anything else. I think with basketball, we talk about not like a huge drop. Like you can hide players on the court provided your stars are healthy. It's when you start to lose guys that are, you know, the the star on the team that you're going to see a, a significant drop-off. But I think you no can, with basketball, you can hide them more. Hockey, you can't really do that. True story. Yeah, that's true. And, I, you know, I look at basketball and – it's like there are only 10 guys on the team. So, you know, it's it's not as hard to replace. Whereas, you know, if you got a team of 25 or whatever, it's a little bit more of a balancing act. But um, my point when it, when I was just to put a, a period on this is uh, when I say watch more basketball, I don't mean like, hey, watch basketball for the sake of watching more basketball. You, some of the greatest performances are during the regular season. We see like we saw Kawhi Leonard score and they made that big shot in the playoffs and all that. But those kinds of plays are dime, they're, they're not the, as often. In in a regular season, you're going to see a little bit more athleticism, more open court because the defenses aren't as tight. It's going to be a more exciting brand of basketball, I find, in the regular season. In the playoffs, everything sort of tightens up, and every possession really is, like, super tight. So, like kind of like baseball, really. So, you know, we watched the other night. Fred Van Vliet scored 25 points in the f- third quarter. You probably won't see that in the playoffs. So, you don't want to miss these things. I mean, they're great to observe. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I tend to watch every single game because I don't want to miss a beat. So, you know, that's what's, my... what's actually really handy is uh, uh, there's this thing they call them uh, highlights. So, on the sports center <laughs> the next morning, they'll yeah. show me instead yeah. of me sitting through 60 minutes of basketball and hoping you know... that there's somebody goes off for 25 points in a yeah. third quarter. Uh, Jay Onright will tell me that the next morning or whatever. My thing is, look, in the playoffs, like you said, everything's tighter, everything's whatever. 
basketball is so like it's almost like you know call me in with five minutes left in the fourth that's when it's kind of seems to be determined in the playoffs the energy's there and and the emphasis on every single possession seems to be greater so you're kind of you're you're drawn in a little bit more when it's regular season it's kind of you know i do not want to give my dad any love when it comes to the squeaky shoe syndrome that he has where it's just <laughs> up and back <laughs> but i do kind of understand it maybe it's because i'm getting older it's just like you know what like yeah second half even in college football and stuff like that the the tale of two halves and the second half after the adjustments and all that kind of stuff really is going to dictate uh the outcome of that game unless it's a blowout so it's it's uh sure. anyway it's one of those things there's there's I- it's worth it but still no, you have to love the sport too, right? Like, you know, if you're a coach of the sport or if you, uh, you know, if you played it your whole life and you like the intricacies of the game, like the only reason why I have such a critique on LeBron is because I haven't missed a minute of him playing this year. Like, I, so I like, I feel like my opinion of LeBron James has more merit than somebody who just watches highlights like that. And that to me, no, not, not necessarily. I'm not, again, hey, I'm not, necessarily I'm not put, disagreeing like, with you either. When when someone says, hey, you know, LeBron, he's, he's playing great. I'm like, well, did you watch the second half or did you just watch him dunk on somebody in the highlights? Because, I mean, he's got he's still playing at an incredibly high level. So his highlight package is going to be pretty awesome, you know. But there's the little things that you, that people don't see on the court, like when he's not running back on defense or when he misses a shot and turns and yells at the ref. And I'm not yeah, like lots of guys do it, you know, but. LeBron is the star, so he's going to have the the spotlight on him. So, uh, that's I think that's the difference between you know like loving a sport and watching every second of it, and and not and enjoying the highlights and maybe catching the odd game here and there. And it's, there's nothing wrong with any of that, as far as I'm concerned. Love it or not love it, enjoy it or don't enjoy it, but just to follow, find your passion and go for it. That's what I say, and that's what when you talk about college football, it comes right off the screen. You know what I mean? It's awesome. <laughs> Uh, okay. Speaking of football, speaking of football, uh, Mike's I thought we were going to have to yeah. wake up Mike. I thought he was watching a basketball game there for a second and giving the old. Oh no, he's Yikes. right on. Yikes! I mean, Vic Fangio was fired. I think before the game was even over. Some of these coaches, there's a few guys, I think we're not surprised. I think, you know, Matt Nagy's name's been coming up for weeks, so he's gone. Yep. Mike Zimmer from Minnesota, who I think he just, his, it, it ran its course. In the last couple of years, they had a good team and didn't even make, sniff the playoffs. Um, Joe Judge was fired today from New York. Because you told him to, no, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no one's surprised there. <laughs> um, well, Brian Flores was fired from Miami. I What's don't the like deal that. with that? 19 and 14 throughout his career with Miami, which is better than uh, eight guys who still have jobs with worse records. I, I don't get it. Um, the word on the street is it was a power trip. He's not a Tua fan. Um, he's a fan of the human, but I don't think he, that's his guy. Um, what, what's the deal? <laughs> is that, is, well, is that, that enough to, for a guy to lose his job? Well, if you don't see eye-to-eye as a coach with the GM, then... It doesn't work. You know what I mean? It's it's just not a right fit. The GM and the coach have to kind of be on the same page. The coach needs to know what he's looking for. The GM's got to know what pieces he needs to bring in to help the coach be successful. <clears throat> if Flores doesn't like Tua and Tua's not his guy, then that makes sense to me. 
to say, you know what, the GM is like, no, I think he, I trumped the coach. I've got him. We got him signed. We like him. Yada yada. He's here and he's our guy. Mm. And if that doesn't work, then that's it. But other than that, I think the Dolphins made a mistake because I think the Dolphins were really a team that is only a piece or two away from actually being a playoff team. Like they they showed a lot of promise this year. They were one and seven, and they finished. I think what they finished not ten and seven. Or yeah. nine and eight. I mean, that's you know they were for them to go from one and seven to actually nine like and eight a week or two. Yeah, nine and eight a week or two from the playoffs. I mean, that's a little bit of that is coaching because I mean there was they had games where they two missed a bunch of games and you know they were putting together uh, whatever their backfield was. I mean that that's a pretty good coaching job and you know the in my opinion some of the best franchises in the NFL. You know, let's look at the Ravens. Look at the Patriots. You know. It's no it's no surprise they're good every year. Even the Saints, you know, they, they were a game away from making the playoffs this year without a quarterback. What do they all have in common? Continuity in the coaching staff. You know, you, you can't just have this rotation of coaches every year and expect to be good. Like, it's just, I don't get it. It works sometimes, but it doesn't work all the time. And, you know, you're not, no, you're not going to get a, a hoodie every, every time you hire a new coach. But, like, keep a guy and let him install his system. And I, Flores is a good coach. So, doesn't make any sense to me. Coaching continuity is probably the biggest indicator of success for an organization. And it's not yeah. just keeping a guy because you're keeping a guy, but a guy who can be, um, can continue to improve, can build up the franchise, if you will, from an NFL perspective or uh, a program in college. Continuity, continuity at the coaching level is paramount. I mean, system-wise, you know, guys, Absolutely. they're longer, they're in the system, and it's just, it's, it's a constant rotation. New guys come in, they learn from the, from the vets, but the vets are perfecting it, and it just keeps going. Yep. And you buy into that system, and you believe in that system, and you learn that system, then it gets everybody, especially in football, you need to have those 11 players playing and, and on the same page every single down. And that's where that rolls. And college is just as important. You know, again, a guy like Saban, you're, you're winning, you're recruiting, the system is there, got, kids are coming mm. up, and they're, they're ready to go when they get in. You know, all those guys that, you know, the, the injuries that uh, they had, the next guy up knows the system already. Yeah. He knows the yeah. system. He's been in it. Boom, we're gone. We're just rolling. Yeah. It's constant. And that's what you need. And I think Miami had a guy that could have been there for a longer term. The thing with the coaches, too, is the salaries. Like, he still owed his money, right? Like, there's no... Yeah, uh, that's a whole other... Yeah, yeah I mean, that's... I mean, he's going to get his money. But, I mean, you know, I, I just have a hard time with... I, I look, a franchise like Miami, like, they haven't really had a lot of success. I mean, they, they had one good year with uh, Tannehill in 2016. Then they, they jettisoned him and changed the coach. And it's like, what are you guys doing? Like... Look at the Cleveland Browns. You know, last year everyone's darling. They make the AFC Championship. This year they're 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 Super Bowl contenders, but in the preseason, and now they have a down year. They don't even make the playoffs. Now it's trade trade Mayfield, fire the coach. Coach made a lot of bad calls over there. Like, time out, gang. You know they're seven and nine or whatever they finished. So whatever I, the records are going to be freaky now. Eight, eight nine, nine, I guess. Yeah. It, like it's going to be like everybody take a take a step back. Kevin Stefanski was your was your darling last year. Now you want him. Now you want his head. Like, 
timeout. Now, what are we going to do with the Bengals? If the Bengals have a great run this year and maybe make it to the AFC Championship, and then next year they 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 take two steps back, which is which could happen. Yeah. Um, is the coach going to get the axe? Like we don't. It's just stick with a guy. Stick with a guy who's who's led you and and shown promise, and and let that coach learn from another from older assistants. Well, you know, I mean, producer Mike, calls, you, know? you know, brought up a good thing in the back. He's like, it's cause and effect. He's like, does continuity exist if the coach is losing? Okay, you, know, you can continually lose. I guess that's not the continuity you're looking for. Oh. But you also have to give people time. Like, okay, yeah. you know, don't kick people in the hallway and uh, crotch grind at a bar because you're not <laughs> going to get longevity there. Um, and, but otherwise, you know, if there is that, cohesion with the front office and the coaching staff and like direction that they're going and building something that understanding that they're building something, then there should be at least a two to three year grace period before anything else, maybe even longer, especially in the pros, because you're not recruiting players. You're, you're, you're there with salaries. Like you have to draft players, find players. It's a lot harder to, to do it. You can't just be the best and, and sell a kid to be like, Hey, come to Alabama because we're Alabama. You know, you need to probably give it a good, maybe even four or five years. So, you know what, that's where we're building, but you got to kind of see internal goals and, and little things to at yeah. least keep moving forward. And that's yeah. what I just think the NFL is too quick to again, pull, pull the, the trigger. trigger and fire guys and, to say, you know what, we're done moving on to the next guy. We're trying to find there's a lot of measurables though. Like there, I get, there are a lot of measurables to say losing is one of them. If you're two and fifteen, two and fifteen, two and fifteen, three and fourteen, you fire a guy. It's, it's not working. I don't care if you've developed whoever. You just no one. They're not playing for you. You know, on effort alone, a team could win four or five games a year just on effort alone. I don't care how bad they are. Um, you look at the Ravens. Ravens are on from a skill perspective without uh, without what's his name without Lamar Jackson. Like that, they should be an zero and sixteen, zero and seventeen team. But they they find a way to win games just on effort alone because offensively they're not super talented. You know, look at Tennessee. Like you lose the Tennessee. best running back in the league, one of the best receivers you know that had ever played the game, and other guys going down to injury, and you still finish twelve and five. They have a bye. Like that's you know right there. So, but that's that's are, 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 that speaks for the coach. Vrabel is not a guy absolutely. who never gave effort, or he's also not a guy you don't want to give effort if he's your coach because he'll well, still it. smack you in the face probably. So you know how how you, you have you have your uh, assessment. How is he treating his players? How they how are they pra- how hard are they practicing? Uh, how are their how's their off field uh, behavior? There's a lot of measurables that you can measure. They're pretty easy to measure. So anyway, I didn't mention two guys. John Gruden obviously got fired earlier this year. Rick Bisaccia, Bisaccia. He is the interim coach, but I mean, he's doing a pretty good job, so he might be able to stick around. They love him, actually, there. And then Urban Meyer obviously got fired. So out of these teams, Brock, before we move on to the to the matchups, Bears, Vikings, Giants, Broncos, Dolphins, Raiders, Jags. Any, any of those teams really stick out at you that might be a good job for somebody? Um. I mean, Jackson's uh, Jacksonville is appealing because they also have the first overall pick again next year. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you can, if you come in, you have that kind of control. It's not every year you get a first round pick, a first overall pick. And the fact that you, you know, if you think Trevor Lawrence has those abilities, which I think 
I think he does. Uh, I think he's got all the attributes and stuff. He's just got to, you know, be put in a good situation. You have Travis Etienne coming back next year, provided his injury status is okay, and then you have a, a chance for another pick. I think that's appealing. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think, uh, you know, teams that like the Vikings, you know, I thought, you know, the Vikings are always kind of there. I feel like, you know, if I'm a coach, that might be a, a, a spot where I might want to, they might just be on the cusp of kind of making it and, and really turning a page. Um, a couple of young stars there and stuff too. I think a team like, you know, I don't even mind the Broncos. I would, you know, the Broncos is another organization I wouldn't mind going to. Um, Miami would be the other one, I think. It's probably those uh, three or four. You know, I'd still probably stick away. I mean, whatever. You're offering me so many millions of dollars, I'll go wherever. I'll run the crap out of them like the guy did in, with Judge did in the Giants, whatever. Bring it right back to the old Pee Wee stuff. What's sure. your background? Well, I, I did the, uh, what's that, Little Giants uh, video uh, movie there? Just running them like that. Anyway, yeah. I, you know, I'll take it. But ultimately, if I had a choice, yeah, I would probably stay away from kind of the Giants at this point. I would stay away from um, a few of the, those other ones. The Bears... The Bears are intriguing to a point as well. Um, again, it really depends on your take on Justin Fields and where you think he's going to be. I think he could be really effective. Um, I think if the, he's in the right system again. So I think it, there is, yeah. if you put him in a, in a spot to really uh, highlight his attributes, I think he could probably do some really good things, maybe grab a piece or two. But I don't think you're far off there either. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, there's, there's some appealing jobs out there, and I could probably make an argument for just about any of them. But uh, those yeah, are my uh, four or five. I, I would, I'd have to highlight the Vikes job because, like you say, they've got Thielen and Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. You've got all your uh, your star positions pretty much set. Uh, you know, losing Kyle Rudolph, I don't think they really replaced him, so they could maybe draft a tight end. Uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, he is what he is. Like one game he looks like Joe Montana, and the next game he's uh, not. <laughs> he's just, you know, and that's just him. And I. I Good leader. I mean, and actually, stats are really good this year. Um, so there's a lot to build on there. Anyways, it should be interesting offseason in terms of the coaching carousel. But uh, we got a lot of football matchup, big football matchups for Super Wild Card Weekend. Super. I forgot to put Super. Super Wild Card super. Weekend. We got two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and one ridiculous one on Monday. Um, NFL, you need to get, you need to just stop. You need to. How much more money do you guys need? I mean, really, lose the Thursday night games, do your Saturday thing at the end of the season. That's not. That's all right. I actually don't mind it. And um, and then well, it's Monday night. Monday night playoffs. What? Why? You know why? Sometimes I, th- I I I use this with my job for a couple of things, but addition by subtraction. You know, take yes. away the Thursday, take away the Monday. You know, at least in the playoffs, take away the Monday. But even if you just took away Thursdays and said, you know what, our game Sunday is our day. Like that's what it, it used to be. It was like Sunday is hey, go to church, watch football. That's all you do. Yep. That's your yes. day, and that's like everybody knows it's your day. Now it's well, it could be Thursday, and now you know college's over, so it's Saturday, and then uh, it's going to be Monday, and then it's going to be, and you're like whatever. Like you just you lose it. It's too many days. Just go back to. This is the day. I think the yes. store should be closed too on Sundays, and then we just watch football on Sundays. Although uh, I'm a Saturday all I gotta guy. Eight eight fifteen on a Monday. We all have an internal clock, right? We're all kind of wired a certain way. Every day 
has a, our body to adjust. Like even Monday mornings is different from Tuesday mornings in, in our brain. 8.15 playoff game on a Monday is different from 8.15 regular season game on a Monday. You know, where we maybe we won't see the best football. Maybe we'll see the best football we've ever seen. Like, I, I don't know. Like, nobody knows what to expect. It's Arizona and the Rams on Monday night. I, I, it's, I guess it's a West Coast game, so it'll be early for yeah, them. Yeah, it'll be a like, fun. Well, imagine that. You're like, oh, it's Monday. I'm getting off work at 5 o'clock, and I'm on the bus going home to try and catch my Rams play, but they start in <laughs> friggin' 15 minutes because the East Coast guys want to see it at 8. Like, it makes no sense. Uh, anyway. No, it doesn't make any sense. And you're going to play a pit in Kansas City on a 8.15 on a, on a Sunday night. Uh, how cold is that going to be? Like, it's it's Kansas City, Missouri on a on a January. Anyway, what, you know. <laughs> that know. game can NFL. be played Tuesday at lunchtime, and it'll still be a blowout. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, you know what? I don't, I don't know if it'll be a blowout. I think KC will win. Anyway, let's talk about these games. Let's, let's start All with right. the Saturday matchups. 4.30 Saturday, we got the Raiders at Bengals. All right, I got the Raiders at Bengals down here. Uh, Bengals are minus five and a half. Who are you taking? Oh, man. Uh, you know what? Watching the Raiders play, the Raiders, what the Bengals do well, the Raiders do well on defense. Like Max Crosby and those guys are, can get to the quarterback, and if they create a bit of pressure, you know, we might see uh, an Aaron throw here and there. I like I like uh, the Raiders secondary. That this that's my upset special this week. I think the Raiders are going to pull this off. They're on a roll. There's something going on there. You know, they've, a lot of controversy. I, I like what's going on there. So I got the Raiders uh, plus three. Okay, we never address the monkey in the room. Uh, you watching or falling asleep with the Raiders up 15 points and the Chargers coming back, take it to overtime. Now, the scenario for those who's watching who don't know, obviously you know, but the Steelers needed to win. They beat the Ravens. Brutal game. No offense. Boring. They beat the Ravens. Jacksonville needs to beat the Colts for the Steelers to even consider it. Jacksonville goes out and dominates the Colts for their third win of the season. So now Pittsburgh hits this Hail Mary. They're in the playoffs. The only way they could not make the playoffs is if the Raiders and the Chargers, who played Sunday night, Sunday night, Monday night, whatever. Sunday night. Sunday night, tie. If they tie, which doesn't happen in the NFL very often, if at all. Pep goes to sleep. Raiders are up 15. (laughs) Chargers come back, hit a touchdown, hit the two-point conversion, get the ball back after a three and out with a minute left, go down, and Herbert throws a touchdown to Mike Williams with five seconds left on the clock, kicks the extra point, sucker goes overtime. Raiders get the ball first, kick a field goal. Chargers get the ball back, kick a field goal. Now the Raiders have the ball again. This is three possessions in overtime alone is like, what is happening right now? Raiders have the ball, and for some reason, the coach for the Chargers calls a timeout because he thinks that the Raiders are going to run the ball, and he wants to put his run defense in at a point where the Raiders had already basically, it, it looked like they were going to run the clock out. Calls a timeout. They run the ball. They get into field goal range after all with time left and kick a game-winning field goal. So the Raiders make the playoffs and the Chargers don't. The Raiders players, you can see them. They're talking to the Charger players like, if you guys didn't call a timeout, we were running out the clock. We were happy to run out the clock, get a tie, and get the Raiders and the Chargers in the playoffs, which would have bumped the Steelers. Now, can the Steelers put up a fight against Kansas City? I think the Chargers and Raiders might have had a better opportunity, to be honest. Chargers but for sure. I mean, Chargers crazy. Sure because 
they can score. But the reason I fell asleep is because it was 29 to 14 with midway through the fourth. So, like, oh, yeah. you know, if it was 29 15 going like uh, into the third or whatever, I would, okay, I'll, I'll hang on. But there was, the Chargers weren't showing a whole lot by that point. I'm like, ah, they're not, this is, and even if they do score, what are the likely, what are the chances of, of uh, them scoring 15? I guess, uh, two, uh, you know, a two point conversion. But like, Mike Tomlin fell asleep. He said on the Pittsburgh Gazette today, he's like, I fell asleep. I didn't, I wasn't able to stay up. I was Mike I Tomlin fell asleep morning. in the second quarter of your game until halftime. He got woken back up and then he had That's some not stuff. not his fault. I, I, as much as I critique him, the Steelers' issues are deeper than just uh, coach. But anyway, we'll get to that in a second. So I got the Raiders beating the Bengals surprisingly. And I, I, I flip flop on this all day, but I like the Raiders do well what the Bengals do well. So it's going to be, I guess the question is, can the Raiders score? I think they can score. I think they can. They got a good enough, got enough weapons on offense. You? Yeah, maybe. I got the Bengals. The Bengals are at home. I got the Bengals at home. I almost want to bring in producer Mike and get a third one. Let's just see. Are you ready for this, Mike? Yeah, he's there. I just got him. He's he's going to pay attention right now. There we go. Mike, you're going to be along for the ride here while we do our picks. Raiders and Bengals. Bengals are minus five and a half. Who you got? Raiders. Raiders. Two on the Raiders, baby. Woo. Both picks, like both people picking are like historical jinxes. So this is really boding well for me, just to say. All right. Let's let's go to let's go to the eight fifteen Saturday game. It's the Patriots and Bills. All right. We'll stay with just this AFC. I don't have the times here, so don't go bring me to the NFC. Let's go just, Patriots, and Patriots and Bills. Patriots and Bills down to go to find Patriots and Bills. I got and Patriots go. and Bills. <laughs> okay. Um, whoa, man. This is a this one. I think the Bills come out here, and I think the Bills win by ten. I don't think Mac Jones is ready for this. Mike, I got the Bills by ten. I'm going Bills as well. What up? Clean sweep. Yeah. I shouldn't air horn until that actually happens. Uh, uh, Curtis, fact checker Curtis, I'm sure would be a Buffalo fan. And actually, he's going on a trip to Costa Rica at the worst time. The Bills have a home playoff game. We should be going down to this game. Instead, he's going to go lounge in the sun and travel a beautiful country and look for. Not a bad option. It's supposed to be minus 30 or something like that. Yeah. Actually, I'm dog sitting for them, too, which is. uh, You don't think the Patriots have a chance? I didn't. Nobody. All these guys have chances. Well, except for Pittsburgh, but everybody else has chances. <laughs> but I think, okay, hey, let's. The Bills have should. You know what? If the Bills lose to the Patriots after getting demolished at home in that real crazy game, and then figuring it out, playing them on the road really well, but now you're saying that we're coming back to Buffalo, and. It's a playoff game. If you aren't up for that, if you haven't made the adjustments for that, if you haven't whatever, like you just don't deserve to be there. So that's yep. my uh, my take. But uh, I got the Bills winning. So okay, and then uh, oh, whatever. What's the well, next we'll time? Go, we'll go to the Sunday matchup. We'll go right to the eight fifteen game. That's Pitt KC. All right, Pitt KC. Well, uh, I think KC is going to win this because they're just the better team. Uh, but I don't. I don't think it's going to be thirty to six like it was last time. I think Pitt's going to come out. Just a little bit tighter. I think they'll be looser for sure because they're playing in house money. Like they have, they have no reason, no, no reason at all to be there, but they're there. Um, so I think it's going to be like a you know a twenty-seven to to eighteen game or something to that effect. I think I think KC still pulls it out. But if you have reason to hate the Chiefs, 
YouTube or TikTok, oh, Jackson, Jackson Mahomes. I mean, this guy is an, a loser. I'll just put this out there for the world to hear me. He is a loser, and he's Pat, uh, Pat Mahomes' younger brother. Yeah. it is? I mean, loser. So if you want re- a reason to hate the Chiefs, there you go. I love Andy Reid, but that's a toughie. So that's Curtis with Bengals and Bills. Yeah. So, so I'll go Chiefs, but I'm rooting for the Steelers, obviously. And like I said, they're playing with house money, so let's do it. Minus 12.5 KC. This Pittsburgh cover, yeah. minus 12.5. Yes. I don't think it'll be... I don't think it'll be as, as bad. Just, just going to do a little check so we understand. Mike, I put you for Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll go on a limb and say that the, the uh, Pittsburgh will have a better first quarter than they did last year in the playoffs. <laughs> oh what happened God. last year in the first playoffs? First quarter? Yeah. Try first snap. Yeah, good Lord. Was, that the, was it a safety the first snap? The over yeah, Matt Pouncey over Ben's head, touchdown Cleveland. That was just awful. Was you awful. know what? There was a Super Bowl – where that was the first play of the game. I think it was the Broncos with Manning. And it was we'd always do these prop bets, and I'd always take whatever paid the most. Oh, Seattle. And it was the first play of the game is a safety. Right. And it went over the head, went out of the end zone. That was the only time I didn't bet it. Anyway, <laughs> ridiculous. Because I'm like, this is never going to happen. Brock, obviously, real quick, the, key, the keys to victory, if Pittsburgh has any chances to control the clock, keep the ball out of Kansas City's hands. The last time they played it was the opposite. The first quarter, I think Kansas City possessed it for like nine minutes, ten minutes. It's got to be the opposite if they have any chance at all. And Andy Reid's a genius. I just don't see it happen. Okay. I think, yeah, the keys are them to buy something with a key to give to Mahomes or Andy Reid so he throws the game. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And and I'll take uh, Casey to cover. You'll take Casey to cover? Okay. Which I think most of us uh, do. I mean, are you taking Bills minus four and Bengals? Uh, I'm taking Bengals minus five and a half. I'm taking the, the spread anyway, but uh, I think that's Curtis. Probably Casey covers 12 and a half. Um, yep. So, okay. So, yeah, you say cover. Pep, you think that Pittsburgh covers, which is fine. So, I'll just put the one check for you. Okay. <laughs> Cards and Rams Monday night. Rams are minus four. Yeah, you know what? I, Stafford is 0 for the playoffs. Uh, he throws picks at inopportune times. Arizona is loaded. They'll be healthy. I'm going Arizona. Mike. I got uh, the Rams to win, but I think the cards could cover. I'm taking the Rams as well. I think the Cardinals have not been playing great as of late, and I think the Rams, I think Stafford wins a playoff game here. We'll see. This is the year to do it. Cooper Cup is MVP candidate. Um, I believe this is still Curtis in the comments. So I got a cards plus four here. So, got a boy, Curdy. All right, 49ers and Cowboys. The old ancient no, matchup. matchup. Um, historic. Matchup. We grew up in the 90s, which was like 49ers, Cowboys all the time. Watching Dion go from one team to another, Charles Haley, Charles Haley. same thing. Like yeah. this, these were fun matchups. I hated both of them, but these were fun matchups. Uh, Cowboys are minus three, hosting the 49ers. Who you got? Uh, I I got the Niners. Um, there's there's still that Super Bowl pedigree that they, there's enough guys on that Super Bowl team that are still there. They they play good, solid, hard defense. They run the ball. I think Garoppolo, I mean, he makes the odd mistake, but, like, you know, if they can just control the ball, 
Get rid of the ball. You know, Dallas has a good pass rush. Get it out of your hands. Run the ball. I think they're going to be all right. I think the Niners are going to win this one. All right. Who's favorite in this? Sorry. Cowboys minus three. I'm going to take uh, the 49ers. That boy, Mike. Curtis, Rock? I believe, is Cowboys minus three. I did see that. <sighs> the Cowboys are at home. I think the 49ers have been playing pretty well. I just – I don't like Garoppolo. I don't like Garoppolo at all. Um, he's just too damn good looking. No, but <laughs> honestly, I, I – it's going to be how the Cowboys can match up against Debo Samuel and his matchup status. And I think, I don't know, I'm going for the Cowboys with Neville Gallimore and some auto connection there um, as much as it pains me to say it because when it comes to game time, I'm probably going to be cheering for the 49ers. Even though I want the Cowboys to win, it's weird. But uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys uh, as well as at minus three at home. Trayvon Diggs is the best DB in the NFL. and It's not even close. That guy is awesome. He's a ball hawk, you know. He's uh, is he the better bit Diggs brother? Oh, n- not yet. Time will tell. Yeah, not yet. But woof, is he? He's close. A guy can play receiver. <laughs> he's got good ends. Really? Yeah. And as yeah. you know, a guy who had played that in college and whatever, I think that's. Uh, <laughs> it was a question, Curtis. It was not a comment. <laughs> Curtis, oh, okay, sorry, Mike, I'm doing eight things at once. <laughs> it's just constant on and off. He's clicking, I'm clicking. And that was the worst comment of the day. But uh, it's amazing. Uh, oh, maybe it's your comment because he says he leads the league in yards given up, which, you know, he does. And then he has the most interceptions. I think he's also trying to bait quarterbacks to throw, so he's giving you oh, know, yeah. that look, which he's going to give up some. That's fine. He's but anyway, rookie. he might D on it at some point and play both. He's a rookie. I mean, hey. <clears throat> Uh, and the last matchup of the weekend are the seven seeded Eagles at the number two Bucks, which is a is, eight and a half points for the Bucks. Yeah, this is my Philly special right here, boys. Uh, this is my upset of the week. I was going to take Pittsburgh, but I just don't. I'm just not gonna. But uh, I think this is the Philly special upset of the week. I think we see Tampa out early, and then we start hearing some of the whispers about you know Tom and. Um, his off season and all that, all that stuff. I don't think Tampa. I don't think Tampa beats Philly. I think Philly goes in there and plays loose. I think all the the circumstances there for that to happen, like with Antonio Brown and that controversy happening late in the year, and uh, Philly's playing well. But uh, I still think Brady gets it done, and and uh, maybe they don't cover, but they'll win the game. Uh, Tampa wins, Philly covers, is what Curtis says. Okay. okay, so really, it would be... Okay, I really like... I like the Eagles. Like, I, I like the Eagles as a team. I like Jalen Hurts and what he's doing. I like... Um, they led the league in running this year. It's a tall order, though. It's a tall order, but... For I mean, sure, but the Bucks have looked very pedestrian at certain times. And, I mean, Brady has come out. I have Brady in fantasy football, and he's thrown up four points multiple times, like in that kind of range. So there is a chance that that's going to happen. And, you know, I I like the team that has nothing to lose but has some abilities. I like a team in that uh, ballpark that has a quarterback that is not scared to run and put his body in the line and do whatever it takes to to win and to – 
um, to get those first downs, to get those those tough yards. And Jalen Hurts does that. Ah, screw it. Hey, listen, there was a team in uh, in the AFC that led the league in rushing a couple of years ago that ended up going into New England, uh, Tom Brady's uh, Patriots, and beating them as a, as a lower seed. Um, Who would that have been? So, Tennessee. Oh. So, they went into New England, beat Tom Brady, forced him to leave town <laughs> or whatever, the, whatever it happened. That can happen. Philly led the league in rushing this year. Um, so, hey, I mean... I like it. I like this matchup for Philly. Good matchup. Those are our picks for this week. I'll leave this board. We will track um, our wins and losses. Let's see uh, who comes out on top. But uh, it should be an interesting weekend. It should be a lot of excitement. Some might call it a super weekend. And with (laughs) that, we are going to be out of here. We ran over a little bit of time, but we're going to go out to – an oldie but a goodie, 90s hits. Um, you know what it is? Can you hear it already? Ghetto Superstar? Yeah. I think there's a few players in some of these teams that you could nickname Ghetto Superstar. But <laughs> Tyreek Hill. Oh, just Ghetto. But yeah, he's a superstar. All right, we're going on the older bastard. Ghetto Superstar. Cross. Thanks for tuning in. We went without a glitch. So, Mikey, it's good to have you back. Yeah, Curtis, good yeah. to have you paying attention. Go Pittsburgh for Pep. Get your bets in. I'm just talking until Mike puts up something else. Gone, be bygone, and so on and so on. I'ma teach these cats how to live in the ghetto, keeping it retro. Spectre from the get go, lay low, let my mind shine like a halo. For politics with ghetto senators on the D lo.